The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. your Bible, go ahead and open up to Habakkuk or Habak, Habakkuk, Habak, Habakkuk, however you like to say it, Habakkuk 2.2, Habakkuk 2.2. We're beginning a brand new series today called Why We? And uh, what we're doing is through this series, we're going to talk about the vision and the values of New Song Church. We're going to talk about why we do what we do and how we do, how we fulfill this why that God's called us to. We got a big vision, a big a big plan that God has in store for this church and for the lives of people in this city. And so we're going to talk about how we accomplish that. And this is extremely important. And I'm excited about this because uh, I believe that through this series, we're going to be able to come together, be unified in the vision, in, uh, unified in this why. It's going to help us accomplish more that God's called us to do in this city. And I, know, I believe that because of what it says here in Habakkuk 2 too. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it? Here's what this verse is telling us. We need to make the vision visible. The vision needs to be visible. It needs to be something that we can see. Uh, if you're a business owner, if you're a, a family, if you've got a family, you're raising kids, what's your vision? Is your vision visible for your business? Is your vision visible for your children? Is your vision visible for your marriage? You need to have a, visible, a, vi, a, vi, a visible vision that your family can follow. And so notice it says that we need to make this, this vision visible. We need to, to write down this vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Here's what that means. We need to make it short and sweet and to the point. Now here's why we believe that to be true. Uh, because notice the analogy that God gives us here. It's the analogy of putting this vision down on stone tablets. Understand in Bible times, if you were going to put a vision down on stone tablets, there was no kind of automated machinery that could do this for you. In order for you to do that, you're going to have to get out a chisel and a hammer, and letter by letter, you're going to have to carve that vision into those tablets. So you don't want to be long-winded with your vision. Like, you don't want to have this really, because it's going to take you a long time to get it down on tablets if it's a long vision. The other problem is, if it's a long vision, you're going to need more tablets in order to get it all down. And the more tablets you have, the heavier the load becomes. And notice this vision, you're supposed to be able to run with it. How many of you know it's hard to run if you're trying to carry a bunch of stone tablets? So it's got to be short and sweet and to the point. Everybody say short, short. And, sweet and sweet and to the point. So we have a short and sweet and to the point vision here at New Song Church. And then we have five values, five things that we do to help us fulfill that vision. Five things that we're working to do that are going to help us accomplish it. Because it's not enough to just have a vision. We have to have a way of accomplishing the vision. You can, it's great to have a vision, but if you don't have a strategy and plans and things in place to help you accomplish it, it's just a vision. So our vision at New Song Church, our short, sweet, to the point vision is, here it is. We exist to help people know God. We exist to help people know God. And we have five values, five things that we're doing that help us fulfill that vision. Number one, we are reaching the lost. We value reaching the lost because we want to help people know God. We value creating worshipers. We value developing disciples. We value building the family. And we value make, activating difference makers. Because we want to help people know God. Leave that up there for just a minute, guys, so they can write it down. Because we value and we exist to help people know God, these are the things that we're doing to accomplish that goal. 
And, and so it's important that we as a church are understand those, those five things. And we're, we're working those five things. And understand how those five things work so that we can accomplish this. Now, look at this verse with me. This is Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says this. It says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, uh, when people don't know the why, they cast off restraint. Cast off restraint there literally means they do their own thing. So if we're not unified in this vision, then we're just going to do our own thing. And if we're all doing our own thing... Uh, we're not, and we're not unified together to accomplish this vision, how many of you know we're not going to accomplish it? Now, to, to, to simplify this a little bit, let me give you an analogy. Today is the first Sunday of the NFL football season. I know we have some football fans in here today because there's a few in jerseys. I don't agree with the jersey choice, but whatever. <laughs> Do your thing, all right? You want to be a, we'll, we'll pray for repentance a little bit later. Altars will be open. Sorry. Calling you out. Uh, I'm just upset with you Seattle fans because we were trying to get Earl Thomas and it didn't work out. I'm a Cowboys fan, by the way, but that's, that's another point. Anyways. <laughs> uh, here's a football analogy for you, okay? I want you to imagine a football team. And this football team, uh, the offense is on the field. For those of you who don't know anything about football, that's the people that have the ball, right? So they're trying to score touchdowns. That's what an offense wants to do. They want to score touchdowns. They want to win the game, ultimately. But in order to win the game, they have to score touchdowns. It's kind of like this. As a church, we want to get people to heaven. <laughs> we want to go to, to heaven eternally. That's, that's the big goal for everybody. But in order to do that, we want to help people know God. That's our touchdown. So, so this offense is on the field, and they want to score touchdowns. But they all have their own value and vision and play that they're running in order to do that. Every player has their own play. So think about this. You've got five offensive linemen. Uh, a few of them are pass blocking to the left. Some are run blocking to the right. You've got some receivers out on the field, and they're just running whatever route they want to run, their favorite route to run. So they're getting in each other's way. They're running into each other. The defense is, is, is all over them. You've got a quarterback who's running his own play, whatever his favorite play is. You've got a running back who's running his own play. How many of you know that offense is not going to score touchdowns? If everybody's just doing their own thing, they're not going to score touchdowns. In fact, they're probably not even going to advance the ball down the field. Most likely, they're going to end up going backwards. And they're probably going to, there's going to be people that get hurt. And there's going, to be, there's going to be fumbles. There's going to be turnovers. Why? Because they're not unified. They're unified. They have this vision, but they're not unified in how to get there. You guys tracking with me? Yeah. As a church, we want to help people know God. That's the, big, that's the big vision. That's what we exist for. But if we're going to get there in people's lives, we've got to be running the same plays. We've got to all be doing the same thing. We've got to be on the same page. That's how we're going to accomplish this. And so over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this vision and we're going to talk about these values, these five values that we have as a church so you can come alongside with us and we can accomplish this goal that we have of helping people know God. It's going to be awesome. All right, so let me, let me first of all talk as we get into this. I'm going to talk about a, a value here in a second, but first let me talk about our, our vision. When I talk about helping people know God, what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. If I was going to sum it up in one word, here's the one word. Relationship. Relationship. We want to help people step into a real relationship with God. Turn to the person beside you and say, real relationship. Now notice, I didn't say we want to help people learn about God. Because you can learn about somebody but not have a relationship with them. We can get a lot of information on somebody but not have a relationship with them. For example, I, I can learn about Abraham Lincoln. 
Like I can, I can read books about Abraham Lincoln. I can study his life. I can watch movies and documentaries on him. I can become the expert, not just a expert, but the expert in Abraham Lincoln in the world. I can know more information about him than anyone else on this planet. But I can never have a real relationship with Abraham Lincoln. Why? Because in order to have a real relationship with him, I have to meet him and spend time with him. And I can't do that because he's dead. You, you know that, right? So, so I, can, I can have an information ship with him, but I can't have a relationship with him. And for some people, that's kind of how they treat their relationship with God. It's an information ship. I, I can't really know God on a personal level, but I can learn about him. I can, I can read the Bible. I can learn what he likes, what he doesn't like. I can learn the do's and don'ts so I don't make him angry, you know, try to avoid that. And so we, we have this information ship with God. But I want you to understand today that God, listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross for that. That's called religion. And that's not what Jesus died on the cross for. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood and suffered so that you could have a relationship with him. A real relationship where you know him and you're, you're walking through life with him and he's guiding you and leading you and helping you and speaking to you and healing you and giving you direction. That's what Jesus came to do in your life. And that's what we want to help people step into this, this real relationship. Listen, Jesus is not a historical figure to be studied. He is a living, loving Savior who wants to be encountered. He wants you to have experiences with him. And, and we know this, if you have experiences with God, if you come to that place where you have a real relationship with him, it'll change everything about your life. It really will. Philippians 3, Paul talked about this. I love this verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Philippians 3 verse 8 says, everything else is worthless. Somebody say worthless. worthless. What, what is worthless when compared to this? It's compared to the infinite value. So whatever this is, it's of infinite value. What is it? The infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my God. Of knowing Jesus. Of knowing God. Everything else is, is, is meaningless compared to this. It's the fact that it says, for, I, for, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Jesus tells us, or Paul tells us here, that, that this is the goal. The goal is to know God. And when you, when you recognize how important this is and how valuable this is, everything else compared to it is trash. It's worthless. This is what it's all about. In verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Now look at these words. And experience. Everybody say experience. Experience, experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. See, here's what happens. When you come to know Jesus, really know him and have a relationship with him, you experience him. You have encounters with him. Think about the relationships that you have in your life. When you have a relationship with somebody, you have experiences with that person. You have encounters with them. And the encounters and experiences you have with them shape your life with them. And the more you spend time with them, the more you begin to recognize them in your life. You recognize what they're about. Uh, My wife was in here earlier. She came up and, and shared with me. Me and Sarah have been married for 15 years now. And I've known her for about 18 years now. And I know Sarah. I know her really well. Like I know this morning when I got here at the church at 6.30 and there was a purple Lexus sitting in that front parking lot out there where we're having like our party from some wedding that took place here the night before. Somebody probably a little too inebriated to drive home left their purple Lexus up there. When I saw that, I was like, oh man, Sarah's not going to like this. 
And I texted her about it, and sure enough, she's texting me, can we call a tow truck? Can somebody break into it? Can we slip it in a new, like she's trying, she's ready to blow that thing up. I know, Sarah, I know what she likes, I know what she doesn't like. I know what she does, I know what she doesn't do. Like if you came up to me, you said, hey, I saw Sarah at Chick-fil-A the other day, and it looked like she was buying lunch for a single mom in there. I wouldn't be like, what? No, because that sounds very much like Sarah, she does stuff like that. If you came to me and you said, hey, I saw Sarah, she was in a Walmart parking lot fighting an old lady. They were throwing down. I'm going to be like, no, that wasn't Sarah. Because she doesn't do that. I know what she likes. I know what she doesn't like. I know what she does. I know what she doesn't do. I have a relationship with her. I know her. Listen, God wants you to have that with him. He wants you to know him in such a way that you know what he likes. You know what he doesn't like. You know what he's about. You know what he's not about. You know what he does. You know what he doesn't do. Some of you in here, you've attributed some of the things that the devil has done in your life, the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you've attributed those things to God because you don't know God like you should. You don't understand what he's about. And so you've had things happen to you, and instead of you turning to God for help because you think God did it to you, you turn away from him because you don't know him like you should. When you know him, you know he's good and he only does good things. And he loves you and he's for you and he wants to help you. When, when you know somebody, you recognize their voice. I mean, Sarah been married for a long time now. When she calls me up, I'm not going, who is this? No, I know her voice. I know, and I know her voice immediately. And the Bible says that you're a sheep, right? You guys know that, right? The Bible talks about we're sheep. And it says that uh, one of the traits of a sheep is that we know the voice of the shepherd. And we hear and are led by the voice of the shepherd. The word voice there is the Greek word phone. That's where we get the word phone. And it means we know his tone. We know how he talks. God wants you to know his voice. You know, God wants to talk to you. Like really wants to talk to you. He's not done talking. He wants to share things with you in agreement with his word. And he wants to speak with you and he wants to lead you and guide you. And and he wants you to recognize, not just hear his voice, but know his voice. Like when he talks to you, you know it's him. You can have that. You come to know God. When you know somebody... Uh, you, 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 you come to know what they're about and you know what they're not about. You recognize their commitment to you. You know, one of the things I know about my wife, Sarah, is I know she's committed to me. She's committed to our marriage. She's committed to my children. She's committed to this church. And one of the things God wants you to know about him is how committed he is to your life. Realize this, God's so committed to you that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your, for your sins, to purchase you so that you could have salvation and you could know God. The reason we can know God is because Jesus made it possible. That's how committed he is to you. And when you come to recognize his commitment to you, it makes it easy to be committed to him. Because you you start to see, because see, in this world, we're going to face stuff, right? We live in a fallen world, a broken world. There's bad stuff that takes place in this world. And you're going to face stuff. And sometimes you're going to face stuff that looks impossible, looks really difficult. But when you know that God's on your side and he's for you and not against you and he's committed to you, when you face impossible circumstances because a God that nothing is impossible for is with you, nothing's impossible for you because he's committed to you. You see how important this is? To know God at that level, to have a real relationship with him, it changes everything. And so that's why we exist, to help people know God, to help people step into a real relationship with God, a relationship with God where you know what he does and what he doesn't do. You recognize his voice and can be led by it. You recognize his strength and can be empowered by it. You recognize his commitment to you and can be freed through it. That's what we talk about when we're talking about knowing God. So how do we get people there? How do we get there? Well, 
First of all, we got to understand this first value. We, are, we value, because we exist to help people know God, we value reaching the lost. Everybody say, reaching the lost. Reaching the lost. Now, here's the thing about lost. Uh, how we define lost is going to determine who we're going after and how we're going after them. Like, like let's say that me and you were going fishing, okay? And we both have different ideas of what fishing is going to look like that day. Like, I'm fishing for a shark, which a shark is a fish, by the way. I looked it up this week. <laughs> so I'm fishing for a shark. You're fishing for a goldfish. I mean, you know, we're going to have completely different approaches to fishing that day. Like, I'm going to need a cage, and you're going to need a little net. <laughs> And, and just like, listen, there's different fish in different ponds and different oceans and things like that. Listen, there's different kinds of lost. Like lost, lost isn't just one definition. It's not just one thing that defines lost. Lost can be a lot of different things. For example, let, let's say that you stuck me in a helicopter and you blindfolded me. And you took me to some remote part of the world and you dropped me into a like intense jungle. Like one of those jungles where it has a super dense canopy where you can't even see the sun. Like it's crazy jungle. And I'm, you drop me down there like naked and afraid, like no clothes, no nothing kind of situation. I'm going to be lost, like completely lost. Listen, your pastor is not a wilderness man. I like air conditioning and fans and air conditioning and refrigerators and air conditioning. Yeah. So I would be lost. I'd be completely lost. I wouldn't know I wouldn't know north, south, east, west. I'm completely lost. And because I'm completely lost, I'm in some real danger, right? And, and, as, and as a church, we recognize as Christians, we, we recognize sometimes there's people around us that are completely lost. Like they don't know God. They don't have a relationship with God. They, are, they, they don't know the Bible. They don't know what God says. They don't know about Jesus. They don't about, know about the cross. They're, they're maybe caught up in some stuff that you recognize as being dangerous for them. And so because we recognize how dangerous that is, not just here on earth, but, but eternity stepping into that without having a real relationship with God. We, we see the danger and we, we put an extreme value on that. We got to reach the lost. And listen, we are all about reaching the lost, but, but completely lost is not the only kind of loss that exists in this world, is it? We've all been kind of lost before. Men, you can relate to this. You're in your car, you're driving with your wife somewhere, and you are not quite sure where you're going. And you're trying to find it and you feel like you're really close. And your wife asks the question that you wish you wouldn't ask. Are we lost? You've been there before, guys? And it's like, no, we're not. It's, it's, I think it's right up here. And we, we're kind of lost, right? Like we, we feel like we're about to have a breakthrough here. And so if she would just shut up and let us drive. <laughs> but here, guys, listen. Kind of lost is still lost. You're lost. Like I remember one time I was in high school and I was, uh, I was in, I was going to a friend's house and he, the first time I went to his house, it was at night and this time it was during the day and I knew I was in his neighborhood, but I could not find his house. I'm driving around this neighborhood and this is before GPSs and you know, the modern day cell phones. In fact, I had a, I had a bag phone. You guys remember this, the bag phone? It was like a briefcase with a phone in it and it, it was the same weight as a car battery and you carried it around like Inspector Gadget or something, I don't know, but 
I have one of those, but it didn't have like, it didn't save numbers or nothing. So I, I don't know where my friend is. I don't know his house number. And so I'm driving around. I'm kind of lost. Like I'm in, the, I'm in the neighborhood, but I can't find the house. That's, that's lost though, right? And what I want you to understand this morning is this. As a church, uh, we have to reach all because there's people around us in the world that they're completely lost. There may even be some people in here this morning, you're completely lost. But there's a lot of people on our left and right that are kind of lost. Maybe, maybe you're kind of lost in your marriage. Your marriage is not going the way you want it to be, but you can't quite figure out what's wrong. You're kind of lost and you're dealing with some depression. You can't seem to come out from underneath that. You're kind of lost and you can't get over this thing that happened to you in the past and this unforgiveness that just kind of rests like a cloud over your life. You're kind of lost, caught up in a sin that you can't seem to overcome. Listen, listen, you're not going to hell, but you're experiencing it here on earth. You love Jesus, but you're just struggling with something and you just can't quite find your value, the lost. And we want to reach the lost. We want to reach those that are completely lost, but we want to reach everybody in between too. We want to reach those that are just, just need a little direction. Maybe those that are off a little bit, but they, they, don't wanna, they don't really want to hear it right now. And maybe they just need to spend a little bit more time with us, and then they'll be able to listen and hear what we have to say. We want to reach the lost. We value reaching the lost. Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 15. If you want to turn there, Luke 15. And actually, you can go to John chapter 10, too. We're going to go to those two chapters here in just a second. But in Luke 15, Jesus tells this, these three stories, actually, about lost things. He talks about a lost sheep, he talks about a lost coin, and he talks about a lost son. And I, I encourage you this week to read these stories. They're beautiful stories. But in the story of the lost sheep, uh, we see something in the story that I think, I think it's something that sometimes we, we read, and because we don't understand it, our view for what lost gets a little off. But when we understand the, the culture of the day, and the heart of the shepherd that Jesus is, it, it makes this come alive to us. Let, let me show you this, okay? Je, uh, Luke chapter 15, starting verse 3, Jesus told them this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Now, let me pause right here. Jesus is talking to a group of people here that understand the culture of sheep and shepherding. Like this is very, they know about this. They know, they probably know shepherds. Maybe some of the people he's talking to uh, work in this industry. Like this is a very common thing that people understood at the time. They have a, they have a wisdom and an insight to shepherding that, that we don't sometimes understand as modern day, you know, 2018 Christians. goes on to say this. And when he had found it, in other words, he finds the lost sheep. He will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. He's, he's throwing a party. He's so happy. In the same way, there is more, more joy in heaven over the lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Okay, so, so God, Jesus talks in this story about an analogy. And it's an analogy that's woven through scripture in a lot of different places. It's the analogy of God being the shepherd and us being the sheep. You're a sheep. Remember that? Turn the person beside you and say, I'm a sheep. Turn to the other person and give them your best sheep call there. Okay, you're a sheep. And so God is the shepherd. And he's showing us his heart for the sheep and the sheep that's, that's lost. But he actually shows us his heart for the sheep that's not lost necessarily in, in, the, in the sense of being away from the rest of the flock. 
But it, he shows us that he goes after. He's pursuing that lost sheep, and then he's going to bring him back, and he's so happy to have him back, he's going to throw a party. And, and we love that, right? We wanna, we're, we're called to do that. We're called to reach the lost. But if we're not careful, we read this verse, and it's kind of like God cares about you until he gets you. Like, he, he, he values you, and he's pursuing you, but once he gets you back with the rest of the flock, it's kind of like, okay, here, I got you back with everybody else. Now, you stay here, shut up, and I'm going to go look for more lost sheep. But, but if you see it that way, and if, if you see it that way, for one, as a church, we're not going to value things the right way. And, and the other problem is you, you're not really seeing the heart of God. That's why John 10 is so important, because in John 10, Jesus explains the heart of God the heart of the shepherd that he is. John 10, starting verse 11. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the, notice these words, good shepherd. Everybody say good shepherd. good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right, so Jesus is talking about how he's a good shepherd. He's not just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And, and really here at the beginning, he's talking to, when he's talking about sheep, he's talking about those that are saved. Those that know God, those that have a relationship with God. How do, how do I know that? Well, look at what it says in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In other words, they have a relationship. Uh, he says this, um, verse 15, just as the father knows me and I know the father. So again, he's speaking to relationships. So he's talking about these sheep have a relationship with me. Listen, when you're lost, you can't have a relationship with God. Until you repent and make Jesus the Lord of your life, your sin separates you, keeps you from having a relationship with God. So he's talking to, to, to Christians here. He's talking to believers. But he does talk to the lost as well. Because look at what it goes on to say, verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep. They're not in the sheep pen. So they, here he's talking about the lost. He's talking about those that are away. He goes on to say, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus says, I am a, I'm a shepherd and I'm, a, I'm not just a shepherd. I'm a good shepherd, a shepherd who's willing to lay down his life for his sheep, for all his sheep. Now, here's a question for you. Would a good shepherd who's willing to lay down his life for his sheep abandon 99 of his sheep and leave them in danger to go pursue one that's lost? No, he wouldn't. And the people that understood the culture of shepherding of this day would have understood that. Like if the shepherd is leaving the sheep, he's leaving them in good care. He's going to put another shepherd in place to, to care for them and watch over them. And he's going to make sure they are placed in a good pasture cared for. He's, he's not going to, if he's leaving the 99, it's because he's left them in good hands, well provided for. In fact, in Luke 15, uh, we read this earlier. He said, won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness? And we, we read that word wilderness and we kind of think, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, like it's kind of scary. But when it says wilderness here, here's what it means. It means an area fit for pasture. In other words, he leaves the 99 in an area that is fit to provide everything that they need. So here, here's what I'm trying to say. What I want you to see is Jesus is a good shepherd. And he cares for who he has while he pursues who he doesn't. And as a church, if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, a church that shepherds well the sheep that God has given us, we've we got to pursue the lost, absolutely. And we've got to go after them with everything we've got, but we've also got to care for those that we have. We've got to be willing to minister to those that we're rubbing shoulders with every day. Not just in the, in the workplace, but in, in our church world. We've got to minister to those around us. See, here's the heart of God. Here's what I want you to see. He's not just for the 99. He's not just for the one. He's for 100. 
See, Jesus has a 99% success rate. That's what, he's not happy with that. That strategy ain't going to fly with Jesus, like 99%. If you, I have three kids, and let's say I lost one of them. If you came up to me and said, well, you still got those other two, I'm going to slap you in the face. <laughs> like, I'm not happy with that. That's not good enough for me. I want all, right? I want all my children safe and sound and where they should be. Listen, God's the same way. He wants all his children provided for and taken care of and well ministered to. He doesn't want, so, so here's the good news. If you're lost today in any way, if you're completely lost and you feel far from God today, or maybe you're just a little lost and you feel like you're, you're about to figure it out, but you just need a little direction, or you feel like, you know, you just can't seem to get over this one little hump that's going on in your life, wherever you may find yourself today, I want you to know God cares about you. He values you. He loves us all. The heart of God is this. He loves us all. He loves you. He wants all 100. So if we're going to be the church that we're called to be, we got to be a church that's about all. About the completely lost, yes, but about those that are kind of lost, those that are found, everyone in between. So here's what this looks like. It looks like this. As, as a people, we, we're going into our workplaces, we're going into our schools, we're going into the, our, our gyms, we're going into the golf clubs, we're going in wherever we live life, we're, we're looking to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We're looking to share the gospel with other people. We're not trying to beat them over the head with hell and you know, how messed up their life is. We're trying to win them over with love, the love of God. And so we're, we're reaching out to them. We're saying, hey, you know, come, let's go grab coffee and just hang out. We're spending time with them. We're investing in them. We're, we're letting them look into the window of our life. And then we're doing stuff like we're inviting them to days like today. Hey, come check out my church. Come check out this place. It's changing my life. We're about reaching those that are completely lost. But then we're also about those around us that are just a little bit lost. Those around us that we recognize that are maybe don't have it all figured out. Maybe, and, and so, you know, that's all of us. <laughs> None of us got it all figured out. We all need help. And that's what this church is about. And these people that don't have it all figured out, here, here's the thing. There's some people that are literally going to hell. There's some people that may be going to heaven, but they're experiencing hell on earth. And they need Jesus just like anyone else. And the reason I care about this so much is because I've been there. My testimony is maybe a little different than some of the testimonies you've heard before. I grew up in church. I grew up with parents who were ministers. And uh, I was in church all the, every time the doors were open. I was in church even when the doors weren't open to everybody else. Like rehearsals and stuff like that when, you know, not everybody else was in the church. I was there hanging out. And so I, I grew up, I had a, I had a, uh, relationship with God, but it, it kind of is that information ship. I learned a lot about God. And, and as a kid, I remember, you know, making the decision that I wanted to be saved. Like I heard a message about hell and I was like, no, I don't want that. Don't want to burn for eternity. So yes, I want to make Jesus my, my savior, save me from that. And so I made Jesus my savior, but I didn't make him my Lord. I'm still doing things my way. And I grew up and I got into my twenties. I was really good at faking it. I was really good at making everybody else think I had it all figured out. And if you looked at my life from the outside, it looked pretty good. It looked like, you know, I had my, my beautiful wife, and I had a home, and I had a position in, a, in ministry, and everything looked pretty good on the outside, but on the inside, I was a wreck. And I was struggling with pride and anger and fear, and I had a sin in my life that was kicking my butt, and I could not beat it. And I, and I, and I knew enough about God to be dangerous. 
I knew enough information about God that I thought, I, if I just do all these things, I can, I can, I, I was the guy that goes, no, I'm not lost. I, I got this. But I didn't have it. I was lost. And so finally, I got to a point where I kind of hit rock bottom and I lost my job and I lost my friends and I was about to lose my marriage. And I turned to God. And listen, when I turned to God, it was kind of a last resort. I'd done it all my, my way and it didn't work. And so I finally turned to God. And I want you to know this morning, maybe some of you are here today and that's where you are. Like God is just the last resort for you and you feel like he's not going to like that. I want you to know God doesn't care if he's your last choice. He just cares that you're his choice. And when I turned to Jesus, even though it was a last ditch effort, he changed my life. I said, God, I'm not going to do this my way anymore because my way doesn't work. I give you my life. You are not my Savior. You're my Lord. See, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the byproduct is he becomes your Savior. It doesn't work the other way. So I made him my Lord, and he became my Savior. He turned everything around. He rebuilt my marriage. He rebuilt my calling. He, he gave me a hope and a future. And, a, and so, listen, that's why this church, that's why we exist to help people know God. I want to help people come to know God like I know God. I've been where maybe you find yourself today where it's an information ship and you're struggling and it's not working. I've been there. It's a miserable life to live. And there's something more. There's a real living, loving Jesus who wants to grab your hand and walk with you through life and give you strength and direction and has a plan for you and a purpose for you and will turn everything around. And so that's why, listen, that's why we as a church, that's why we do things the way we do things. Because we want to reach the lost. We want to help people know God. That's why a, a few weeks ago in our Boomtown, our elementary class, we did a big back-to-school bash for the kids. And we let them uh, invite their friends. And, and we paid to the kid who brought the most friends with them. We paid to send them up for a night on the town and, and got a limo for them and took them around. Why? Because we want to get more kids in this church. Because, listen, there are kids in these schools in this city that your kids know. And just so you know, here's what they're hearing all week. I wish you'd never been born. Like, that's really happening. And these kids need to know Jesus. And so we're going to do whatever we can to reach in and to help them to know God so they can see that, no, 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 you were born for a reason. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you can step into that, and we want to help you know God. Uh, it's, there's a reason why right now, if you go to Quill Springs Mall and you go see a movie at AMC, before every movie, we have a commercial playing for New Song Church. And if you haven't seen it, uh, guys, go ahead and play that right now. We believe planting yourself in a local church is one of the best decisions you could ever make. Just like every sports team needs a home court advantage, every individual needs a community of believers to grow with. We love the state of Oklahoma, and we invite you to join us at New Song Church where we are all about helping people know God. Isn't that awesome? Hey, I want to give a shout out to Casey Bush, who's back here in the back. He, he created that for me. I gave him, here's, here's what I told him. I said, I want you to create a commercial. You got 30 seconds to, to give people a glimpse into what Sundays are like at New Song Church. I think you did a pretty good job. And, and at every movie at AMC right now, before every movie, that's being played. Why? Because there are people that are going to the movies that don't know God. They don't know God like we know God. They're not experiencing what we're experiencing. They're lost. They may be completely lost. They may be kind of lost, but we want to reach them. 
So we're investing in that. We're spending money on that. We want to help people come to know God. Maybe some of you are here today because you saw that. I don't know. Went to see a movie and you had an encounter with God. How about that? Uh, this week, in fact, we launched our youth service. One happened this week. And yeah. And so we've invested in our youth ministry. We, we got a place that we're going with these kids and we've invested in a youth pastor and we spent money getting everything together and putting this together. And some of you are investing your time in this. And listen, at that first service, we had one kid that gave his life to Jesus Christ. If that's all it ever was, it was worth it. One more for the kingdom of God, but that ain't all it'll ever be. But isn't that awesome? That's why we have cards out in the lobby for you. That's why we do special services like we're doing today. That's why we have the... The, the people from the Thunder organization here, which we're so glad they're here. I see some of them in church. Woo! Glad to have you guys. Because we, we know there's people in your life that they may not just come to a church service, but if we're doing some cool stuff on a Sunday morning, they may come check that out. We, we just want an opportunity to help people know God, to reach people. That's why in, in the new year, we're going to be launching these classes called equipping classes. And we're going to have classes on marriage and on parenting and on freedom. Because we know there's some of you that you, you're just, you're a little lost in some of these areas. And we want to help you. We want to help you. We want to help people know God. We want to reach the lost. I want you to know this morning, if you're lost today, you're lost in sin, you're lost in unforgiveness, you're lost in anger, you're lost in depression, you're lost in an addiction. If you find yourself here today and you're lost, maybe you're completely lost, maybe you're just kind of lost. I want you to know you found your people. You found your church. Welcome to New Song Church. You don't have to be perfect to come to New Song Church. In fact, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Actually, God kind of reminded me of something. There's, a, there's kind of a church campaign thing that's going around right now. And, and the campaign is this. It's like, come to our church. Uh, no perfect people are allowed here. And the idea is this. It's like, we, we all are, nobody's perfect, right? And, and so we want you to come to our church because you know, you're not perfect and we're not perfect and we're all in this together and I get that, but, but I want you to know something about this church, okay? Here's, here's where we may be a little bit different. There's somebody that is perfect that we want here. <laughs> His name is Jesus and he's the only one that's ever been perfect and he's the only one that we can exchange our imperfection for his perfection. And if he ain't here, we are wasting our time. And so this church is about helping people know God. Like that's an encounter. That's an experience. That's what some of you experienced today during worship. You're, you're going to leave here today and you're going, whoa, that was different worship. Here's why we're encountering God here because we go after that. We chase after that. We chase after the presence of God. We want people to experience God. That's why people are being healed here. That's why people are being set free here because Jesus is the guest of honor at this church. Think about, think about this. If, if let's say, let's say that I want to help people know Jake, right? If that was my call, I got to bring Jake around to people. You guys follow me? That's what it's all about. We want to help people know God. So we got to bring God to people. We got to expose people what it means to encounter God. That's what helping God, uh, help people know God means. We exist to reach the lost. Whether, wherever you find yourself today, completely lost, kind of lost, Everywhere in between, you found your people. We found your people. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I mean, I'll say that this way in case you're new to, to that idea. Uh, I'm talking about hearing the voice of God, being led by the Spirit of God, being spoken to by Him. Here's another way of saying it. What are you, what's, what are you thinking right now? 
because really that's how God talks to us. He talks to us through our thoughts. Not going to hear an audible voice from heaven. Very rarely does that happen. Most of the time that only happens if you're about to die. (laughs) But God wants to talk to you today. And he wants to share something with you. And and whatever that thought is that may be rolling through your head, I believe that's God talking to you right now, speaking to you right now. And what I hope, one of the things I hope he's saying to you is I hope that you see the value he places on you. That he cares about you. Just because you got saved doesn't mean God's done with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to shepherd you well. He wants to care for you. God's a good steward. He wants to watch over you and protect you and help you wherever you may find yourself today. Maybe you're here today, though, and you're like completely lost. Like you, you don't know that you're right with God. You, God feels far from you today. And you're not sure like what eternity looks like for you. You know you're not right with God. You know that you need to, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've just, you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ today. If that's you today, I'd love to pray for you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we'll be saved. That, that what happens is what I just talked about. You exchange your imperfection for God's perfection. He gives you a new spirit. The Bible says you become born again. Your spirit is made alive. Right now your spirit's dead, but God makes it alive in him. And now you can live from that strength. Now you can tap into this new presence of God, this encounter with God. You can tap into that to help you overcome. Some of you have been trying to get your life right before you come to God, and it's never going to work. You need Jesus to help you get your life right. So if that's you today and you don't know where you stand with God, I'd love to pray for you. In fact, church, would you, would you, we're all in agreement on this. So let's all pray this together. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. And so I give you my life. Be my Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.